hi everyone. We're Lana and Mercedes. And we are the Onion Peelers. And uh, Mercedes, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about how to... What? (laughs) I was going to say, how to create a practice. You don't create a practice. No, how to develop and maintain a sustainable practice. How to develop and maintain a sustainable practice, indeed. Or I should just say, how to develop and maintain a practice. That is what it makes it sustainable, is if you maintain it, right? But I think you can also be very good at maintaining a practice that is not actually sustainable. (laughs) So This is true. You know, that you have peaks of coming and going, coming and going, as opposed to... Yeah, but then you're not really maintaining, so... Yeah. Yeah, how to develop and maintain a practice. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So in this context is uh, the context of yoga practice, but I guess a few of these tips could be applied to any other disciplines. Yeah. Also. I think anything that you want to do regularly with any kind of regularity, whether it's running or going to the gym or meditating um yeah zumba zumba (laughs) writing i don't know starting a journal yeah yeah i think you could apply this to anything yes maybe with some modifications of things but cool so where to begin yeah well but before we do that (laughs) ask me mercedes are you ready? Are you ready to peel this onion? I am so ready to peel this onion. <laughs> Wait, everyone. Lana's second cat, Tai Tai, just sat next to me. It's normally the other one, Biku. So this is great honor. <laughs> so I'm not going to move. I'm not going to do anything too abrupt. Yeah, just sit there. (laughs) Well, then again, I do have his favorite thing, his favorite blanket next to me. So that's why. He didn't come for me. Fine. (laughs) I love you anyway. Okay, so how to develop and maintain a practice. Yeah. So let's start by the very beginning. Yeah, let's say you don't have a practice or you want to get into starting a practice. And Which is for, something so common, right? Always at the beginning of the year. Yeah. First of January, everybody has this amazing list of, I'm going to learn a new language. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this hobby. I'm going to do yoga every day. And then by the 6th of January... <laughs> <laughs> it's all out the window. It's all out the window. Yeah. But I think also, too, people go through these moments, especially when the weather shifts and it becomes springtime. Also, people feel this new desire to blossom literally just as things are blossoming around them they also feel themselves new energy arising in themselves so they also often it's a time of year when people want to start something new i mean i also know because of quarantine and everything when people have started new fitness routines so you see people running way more people running than I've ever seen. I mean, people in Amsterdam run a lot anyways. There are, there are Yeah, this is a everywhere. good running city. That's true. Which and there are I, parks everywhere, yeah. No, but it's quite amazing because the weather is not always very kind to us. Yeah. Um, people still run. Yeah. I, I take my hat off yeah. to those people because I wouldn't even run behind the tram. <laughs> I'm like the slowest walking person as you know ever <laughs> or, yeah sometimes when mercedes and i are walking to somewhere i'm always like why is mercedes walking behind me <laughs> or you're always at like a a, dia- a little bit of a diagonal always me i i don't know i'm just funny because i've got like really pretty long legs but i'm just walking <laughs> like a granny <laughs> yeah oh martin is always complaining about it yeah that's funny um but you're right yeah springtime is another one of these peaks where people are inspired and fresh energy yeah so how to really use that energy to really start something new and to hold on to it in a way that is going to be uh nourishing yeah for us and not uh 
the other way. Yeah. And I think that these, uh, maybe these tips or these things that we talk about today don't just apply to beginning. Like we were going to start off talking about what it is to begin, but this can also apply to what it is to begin again. If you need to recommit. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, if you just need to use some approaches to uh, reinvigorate your practice or get a new perspective and some new blood flowing through the veins of your practice. Yeah. So yeah, where to begin? I think the first thing is just like with anything, when we first start something, we're so excited that we um, we really want to uh, we really just want to jump in with everything we have and then we tend to burn ourselves out so just like with everything no matter how excited you are in the beginning that's an amazing energy to have but also that um, we don't want to fly out of the gates as they open that we also want to uh, we don't want to burn up all the energy all at once you mean keep your panties on keep your pants (laughs) don't like run so fast that your panties come off and you leave them behind and you're running naked Uh, yeah that um, you should start slow that means like let's say you want to start a yoga practice that you shouldn't start practicing six days a week. Yeah, this is a very good point. Yeah, that your body needs time to adjust to the regularity with which you practice and needs to adjust to the movements that you make, uh, whether those are strengthening movements or stretching movements, that your joints and uh, your tissues need to, they need time for adjusting and recovery. So that if you're just starting a yoga practice, it's probably good to start out your practice with three days a week, I would say. Yeah, that's a great starting point. Because it leaves also enough time in between to kind of recover and replenish. Yeah. Um, I think it also gives you more time to recognize uh, what's going on in your body and otherwise so maybe it gives you more time in the beginning to be aware of the benefits of the practice not just the soreness that it creates um yeah i think it's easier to uh to start slow so that you is also a way of maintaining right the whole uh what's the whole uh, fable about aesop fable about the tortoise and the hare Right, so oh, the tortoise yeah. ends up winning the race. Yeah. Um, yeah, that your your practice is like um, like if you're preparing for a marathon, or if you're running a marathon, that you don't start by sprinting; you start slow, and you want to build up from there. Um, it's some, a practice for the long haul. It's something that you want to have in your life so that you can sustain it throughout your life. Yeah, I mean, right now we're talking about physical practice, but I can imagine if it's something perhaps more intellectual, like learning something or reading more. Uh, it's also a good way to kind of develop that muscle of consistency and attention. Yeah. So even if it's not, let's say, a physical thing, it's also a good place to start like... Uh, just making it also more approachable. Like, okay, I'm going to start with three times a week and build it from there. Yeah. As opposed to overwhelming yourself with, I'm going to do this seven days a week for two hours. Yeah, that's just uh, in the beginning. I think it's not, it will burn out. You will eventually burn out. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're a very obsessive person, maybe not, but... Well, yeah. But But then then you're obsessive. (laughs) Sooner or later... You will have that peak, yeah. yeah. Or the drop-off from the peak. Yeah. The crash into the valley below. Yeah, you see you see that a lot, right? People yeah. getting overexcited and buying yeah. all this equipment, all these outfits, all yeah. these things. And then after the first two days, they're like, nah. Yeah. So that's kind of like what we want to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's a really, I think, the, a good thing to start with. And I, you know, I hear people say a lot, and I, it, these words have come out of my mouth as well, <laughs> that it takes um, like a month or something like 20 some days or a month to form a habit. So if you're doing something every day, but you don't want your practice to be a habit. Good point. You want it to be a ritual. And I think that that is also um, a hard... Maybe the, the line is different, difficult to see sometimes, but I think if you... This practice, or this practice, now I'm specifically referring to the to practice yoga. of yoga, uh, and maybe more Ashtanga yoga, that it is easy to make it a habit but then you're not really practicing, you know, then you're not really aware of what you're doing. And I think that also is not sustainable in the long run. Um, which is kind of, which is kind of like contradicting a little because at the beginning we kind of need yes. that thing of like, for example, again, going back to Ashtanga yoga, one of the things that people find really, really challenging is to, for example, if they practice in the morning is to wake up. Yeah on time and, and and that is kind of like a habit that you need to cultivate yeah um, you kind of have to push yourself yeah until then after four five six weeks then it doesn't become so challenging yeah uh, so there has to be that little moment of okay I'm I'm, I'm gonna commit to this and yeah. I'm gonna do the same thing every day yeah and I think also for practice it's very important that um we do kind of always keep, keep up the same time, the same yeah. space. So a little bit of habit is important. Yeah. But then just like you say, don't make the habit a habit. Yeah. Then at some point that habit has to become a ritual for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny, I was thinking yesterday uh, about my opa. When I was, uh, he passed away, I think, 13. For non-Dutch listeners, opa means granddad. Oh, grand, my grandfather, yeah. So he passed away about 13 or so, maybe a little bit more, mm -hmm. uh, 15 years ago. And he, uh, I just think, you know, we are, as humans, we can, and we tend to be such creatures of habit and how actually routine and ritual is so important as we get older, especially if we're not working anymore, if we're retired, mm. um, that it builds... Um, like a ritual is really important in maintaining our mental health also. Uh, so he was always, I, I like it to an extreme. It wasn't like he was listening to his body and saying it's time to eat, but he was like, it's 12 o'clock. It's time to have a midday meal, you know, even though he wasn't necessarily listening to hunger signals or perhaps he was, I'm not sure, but it was always like, it is 12 o'clock, now we eat. <laughs> As opposed to there being any kind of, you know, play around that. It was, no, it's 12 o'clock, now we eat. So it's kind of like taking habit to the extreme. But that's just a random thought that I had of my opa. But very, yeah, they were very ritualized in certain things that they, it like maintains the structure of your day, maintains the sanity in it your... is very important. I'm funny that now you're talking about your grandpa. It's like when my mom retired uh, uh, after working for so many years, you know, the first thing she really worked really hard to maintain is, is this kind of structure. Like, okay, I wake up at this time, yeah. you know, still uh, take your shower, prepare for your day and, and keep all these things in, in this steady rhythm. Because yeah. otherwise, yeah, I think without structure your mind kind of goes all over the place. Yeah. Funny, there's there's a movie about this, which is really silly, but I watched it with Martin the other day. It's called The Intern. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I think it's with uh, Robert De Niro, and oh, yeah. he's like a retired guy, and then he applies for a job in an internet company. Anyway, it's very hilarious, but it's, it's oh, about yeah. this. Um, yeah, that's very important. I think also in the beginning, another important thing is is to also make a commitment. Yeah. Like actually telling yourself, like I really want to give this a go, then I'm going to commit to myself that I'm going to do it for, uh, 
like I'm gonna give it a go for X weeks as opposed to oh I'm gonna do it every day forever yeah because sometimes you need to give yourself the enough time to really assess if this is something that you like to continue with later on or not yeah because of course it's like sometimes you start something and then you realize it's not for you then don't push yourself to continue but I don't think like once or twice is ever enough to tell yourself like I don't like it or I like it no I think that uh, with anything I think you need to do it for um let's say a minimum of three months consistently really consistently so that means like you're practicing three let's say we're talking about yoga three times a week for three three months months. yeah and then you give yourself maybe an assessment like that's Mm -hmm. a point where you assess like okay what's going on um is this working is this not working yeah i don't know i think especially with yoga practice and other things that there's something there's something about it that um, often it's not that we feel uh, that there's a tangible something necessarily that's happening. I mean obviously often that does happen. We feel better in our body. You feel your hamstrings. <laughs> you feel your hamstrings. <laughs> you feel better in your head that you have more clarity. All these lovely things can happen, but um the magnets are flying off mm, the fridge. It's very windy today. Yeah. Um, that, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. That, that it's not tangible. Yeah, that often we're pulled to our yoga practice because of um, uh, something that we are not really, we can't quite put our finger on, but it's like this pull to practice this pull to do something that we can't necessarily explain it just feel like something about it feels like it's something that we need to do for ourselves so like what mercedes is saying you know make a commitment but really make a commitment for yourself like to yourself to yourself and for yourself that this is something that you are doing for you that that it's time that you set aside for self-care really that it um and then of course make it an attainable goal so let's say you build in like an assessment period after three months so that you can then kind of just take a step back and look and see uh, over the past three months if there have been changes or it how you're feeling about your practice or whatever you're doing um, and then go from there and also how you feel with the stuff around it because sometimes yeah. we can be so focused on the practice that we forget to look at the bigger picture like how do you feel later on during the day are you feeling more at ease are you feeling more energized or or is it the opposite yeah so kind of looking at everything around uh, as well yeah but i think you just tapped into something super important is is why why are you called to do this activity whether if it's yoga or playing the guitar or anything else and to keep that close to your heart when those days that maybe you're not so inspired or you keep telling yourself that you don't have time which is another big issue that a lot of people face yeah it's a big challenge um, yeah which we'll get to that as well how do you make it how do you make your practice um, help you in your life as opposed to uh, fitting everything else into the schedule so that you can do a practice? Mm-hmm. How does the practice maintain uh, maintain your life? How does it support your life as opposed to how do you support your practice? Yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. Not the same, but it's very different. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think also at the beginning, it's important to be clear uh, on what you like and what you're looking for. Like, for example, in yoga, and I say this because, like, for example, when I started yoga, (laughs) everybody's going to be like, what? I had no idea that there were different styles. Yeah. Like, I really did not know. And I was, like, taking these random classes, and I was like, why in this class there's, like, five million blocks, and in this one there's, like, music playing very hard, and... 
I couldn't really figure it out. I, it was kind of a real mess how I started. <laughs> and then years later, I was like, oh, there's tiles. Yeah. Oh, and also within those tiles, there's also different people that lead you through these classes. And actually, I start to notice that it's different from yeah. teacher to teacher. So I think kind of like spend a little bit of time doing research. Yeah. And then kind of commit to one style or maybe yeah. one or two teachers or maybe a place and then give that like a fair shot. Yeah. A fair shot, exactly. Because otherwise it's kind of like, oh, I'm doing everything, but I'm not really committing doing to anything. And then it's more like this salad of things as opposed to like a practice uh, that I come back to every day yeah. as a way to check in with myself. Yeah. Then it kind of becomes more external and messy. Yeah. As opposed to more internal and focused. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think with that being said too, you know, we talked about how when you first start out, start outs, uh, first of all, start in a maintainable way. So start, let's say three times a week and also sets set kind of a goal for yourself on okay uh i'm going to uh sometimes i hear a little dutch word sneak in there <laughs> oh do it <laughs> um sometimes you give yourself it's a start in a like systematic like i'm going to do three times a week and then also i'm going to stick to this for the next three months and assess as opposed to uh, starting with, I'm going to do this every day for the rest of my life. Right? Absolutely. So already yeah. start when you start, make it, um, make it digestible. And then, um, do research. So go around and, and see what speaks to you, see what you like. And, and then also if you find something that you're interested in to make a commitment to, doing that practice yeah or uh finding a teacher that you can practice with so you can be consistent with somebody and build a relationship with someone um so that they can also give you a helping hand on the path of what you're doing and i think in those same lines once you find something that you want to commit to that um and you start to build up your practice, let's say you're building up to six times a week, six days a week or something like that, um, that then when you're practicing, if you want it to be sustainable, you shouldn't be practicing at your maximum. You should be practicing at like 70 to 80% of what your maximum effort is. And of course, this all depends on the... <laughs> The practice, right? So I'm thinking physically, like let's say you're doing yin yoga. <laughs> I don't know that there's really much of 100% effort in, in that. I guess you could do yin with 100% effort, then you're kind of missing the point. But But if you're doing something very physical, yeah, just like if you're running, you know, you can't start running by going as fast as you possibly can and expecting that you can do that for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. You know, <laughs> you can't maintain that. Um, and you also injure yourself. So it's the same in yoga practice. Or it's even the same with uh, meditation practice, starting to meditate. Because sitting and concentrating is very difficult. So you don't want to start and be like, okay, I'm going to start meditating today for every day for the rest of my life and then you I'm going to sit for an hour yeah. every day and meditate like that um, I think then you're really putting this huge obstacle in front of yourself a huge wall that is going to be very difficult to surmount yeah and you see this so often that people kind of uh, yeah fall out from the practice whether if it's yoga or meditation because of this it's like oh yeah. It was just too much. It was consuming my life. Yeah. Or or they're like, yeah, I'm exhausted after. Yeah. And it's like, well, then something needs, needs to, to change. change because, yeah. of course, it's not supposed to suck the energy. It's supposed to fill you up yeah. with energy. Yeah. And, of course, then having said that, there are some days that you're standing on the mat and you're like, oh, wow, there's this flow of energy and 
you may have a more I don't know pita kind of uh, practice yeah. and there are other days that maybe you need to tone it down a little bit and maybe even 70% might be too much yeah so Mercedes just said pizza and but she wasn't talking about eating like a oh, that's like true. a Greek pita she was talking about the Ayurvedic mm. principle of pizza, which is like fiery. Yeah, <laughs> like fiery, spicy, more, more, more energetic. Energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, pizza bread. Pizza bread on the yoga mat. Mm. Yummy! I made pizza bread recently. Oh with, yeah. Yeah, with the leftover pizza dough. Oh, that's right. It was yummy. Mm. It's not so hard to make. That sounds good. <laughs> um. Yeah, so just like you were saying, you don't want to exhaust yourself with your practice. Your practice should be there to give you energy, to supply you with uh, information about um, the state your body and your mind and all those layers of your body that we talked about in the last podcast. If you haven't heard it, then go back and check out how your body is like an onion. <laughs> we talk about all these layers of your body that your practice should be feeding those layers um, and not depleting them. And so I think also when you're starting out practice, it's good to start up, sl start slow and to build up. And then also while you're practicing to not be using a hundred percent of your efforts so that you can also observe better what's going on with, with you energetically as well. What does your practice do for you? How do you feel, like you're already saying, um, how do you feel during the day? What is your energy like during the day? Do you notice something different if you do practice or if you don't practice uh, in the way that you are uh, mentally your energetic body? How is that uh, doing? How is your mental body doing? Mm -hmm. To be able to start to observe the effects of your practice. Uh, and the effects on all these different levels of you. Having said that, I think this is also a very challenging thing yeah. to master, especially at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because m most of the times when we first come uh, to a yoga class, we're very disconnected from all of these things. So, yeah. of course, we both have been practicing for quite a while now, and, and before that we were also dancers, so there was already like this communication with these different different aspects of our beings yeah but i think in the beginning it's very it's very hard to kind yeah. of yeah to, to feel to even feel that. like yeah. how do i feel something so simple yeah am i low in energy or full of energy yeah am i feeling fragmented or very whole yeah but even if you don't even if you don't feel it right away, at least ask yourself the question or, yeah. or, or, or at least be open to what's there as opposed to, I'm just going to go because I told myself that I'm going to do it every day. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a bit tricky because you kind of have to find the, the balance a little yeah. bit. Which is where having a teacher yeah. comes in. And even, you know, having a teacher, I'm not going to say that if you don't have a teacher, you can't form some kind of practice. I don't think that's true because you can also be part of a community, which can be really important for building and maintaining a practice so that you have like-minded individuals or people who are also doing the same activity that you can kind of bounce ideas off of or have discussions about what's going on. But um, I think if you're, let's say, building a yoga practice and you're new to a yoga practice, having a teacher... Uh, relation, building a relationship with a teacher, somebody that you see often and consistently can really be helpful in communicating things that are going on with you or trying to figure out um, yeah, how to, where you might need to make adjustments or not. I don't know. Like I, I know that I, I have had quite a number of students ask me about um, I've been noticing that I'm really tired after my practice or that I just, I have, I started a new job and that I notice that I'm really tired during the day. Um, should I be doing something different? And of course it's different for different students, but oftentimes the question then that comes out of my mouth is, have you considered adjusting your practice mm -hmm. in some way? 
that perhaps you're depleting yourself in your practice and that you need to adjust your practice so that it gives you more energy and it doesn't deplete you for the rest of the day. So it's usually a moment of a setting, yeah, like you said, an, you should have an open inquiry into like, okay, how do I feel? Whether you can answer the question or not, that you should just have this kind of inquiry for yourself. Um, what does my practice do for me? Or how is it shifting my life? How is it shifting my body, my energy? Yeah, because it's interesting because, I mean, practice means that you do something like the same ritual every day. You, yeah. you do the same task over and over. But we're not the same person every right. day. It's like... There are so many factors that come into play that will change the way we feel, our environment, so many other things. So, yeah, again, paying attention to this is very, very important so that you can keep doing this for your whole life if you want to. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes we can be very obsessive. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes we confuse structure with like a prison <laughs> yeah and mm. uh, I, I have to say personally I, I I see this a lot in especially in the Ashtanga kind of uh, community sometimes that they are uh, so hard on like I have to practice six days six days a week and I have to do my full series and yeah but then just like you said okay there is a structure of a method but within that structure, there's a lot of room to listen to yourself and, and, and also modify in a way that is nourishing and nurturing yeah. and not just sucking the life out of you. Yeah. But I think we tend to be very hard on ourselves and we mm. tend to say, you know, to tell ourselves, oh, you made a commitment, you need to You need it. to stick to it, yeah. You need to stick to it. But then sticking to it doesn't mean hitting yourself with a stick yeah. on your head. It shouldn't be practicing, a uh, practice of any kind shouldn't be a form of punishment. Yeah. And we shouldn't approach it that way. Even sometimes we might approach it that way unconsciously or subconsciously. Mm -hmm. That practice should be, again, it is something that you do for yourself. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that every day is going to feel amazing or that every day is going to feel like it brings you these incredible epiphanies or butterflies that every day is going to, I don't know, feel really good. It's never going to be the same. Just like you said, we're like literally every time you wake up in the morning, you are a new version of you, like a new, you have new cells in your body. You have, uh, the things that you ate the day before or 48 hours before that have an effect on you, the your emotions, sleep. your sleep, everything is going to affect how you are that day. Um, and yeah, if you approach the practice as in, as a commitment, a rigid commitment, something that you have to get done, something that you have to check off your to-do list then really what's the point of doing it? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess there is something to be said for ritual, like we've already talked about, and having a routine. and Or maybe being disciplined, but yeah, it's, it's a thin line. And I think it's also a thin line in, if you see it from the other side, because sometimes it's that we have this expectation that everything has to feel amazing and beautiful and fluffy. And I think a lot of people give up in the beginning because they find it challenging. Yeah. But the challenge kind of has to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, that's the growth. That's the growth. But there is there's a big difference between, yeah, challenging and just like, again, sucking the energy out of you or being challenging and being nourishing. Yeah. Continue your thought. No, no, no. I was just taking a deep breath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think um, what's also really good to note is that uh, we go through cycles in our life. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. <laughs> and when you're starting anything, it's very exciting. This is what we call the honeymoon period. Mm. So we always see this in students as always. well. It's like the first six months to a year, I would yeah, say. Yeah, maybe even the first year, I would say. 
is the honeymoon period. And you're filled with all these feelings of like, wow, I found something new and amazing and it's so incredible. And uh, and then comes the, uh, wah, the plateau. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, or the the mundane kind of boring aspects of a committed practice uh the experience of just everyday you know the the normal the normalcy that can be in this particular instance your yoga practice but this also happens if you're a runner or if you do any other kind of uh, activity there comes a point where the newness of it rubs off and then we are left with the the reality of the practice and often that is a point where students give up yeah so they stop they lose interest well it's kind of like any relationship right that's why i was uh, laughing it's like oh i'm so in love with this person and then you're moving (laughs) together it's amazing and then it's like can you stop leaving your clothes on the floor i'm so tired of this yeah so yeah it's it's uh, it's interesting that you see that a lot. Yeah. So I think uh, the ability to build, to build and maintain a sustainable practice also has to to be like you build something on a foundation of reality of and also of understanding that okay, I may feel this euphoria now, but it's not necessarily going to be the way it always is. And I think at the on those points when we get over the honeymoon period, this idea of having an open inquiry of why you do practice or what it provides you is really important to have check-in moments for yourself to understand like, okay, what's going on? What do I need to adjust? Uh, Is this sustainable? Um, And to remind yourself why you were drawn to it in the first first place. place, Because sometimes it's so easy just to kind of forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny because it's like everything in yoga. It's like you need the challenge, but you also need to listen to yourself. You need to be disciplined, but you also need to be able to be flexible. Yeah. So it sounds so black and white, but there's so much room to have endless shades of grays in between. Yeah. And I think that's in in between the black and white. That's that's where yoga is right yeah. at least in the in the context of the yoga practice yeah definitely so what other tips can we share with everyone i think um it's really important that we understand that um along these same lines of we are a different person every day and things in our in us change also throughout time of having an established and consistent practice over a long period of time that we need to start to understand that what we need um, what we need will change from one day to the next so that also understanding how our practice can support us in in our daily life so an example would be Let's say you know that you have a day where you're going to, that's going to require a lot of physical uh, commitment on your part. I don't know, let's say you have to move houses. Then using Ashtanga Yoga as an example, it's probably wise to not then do your full second series practice um, so that you can, or if you are going to do your second series practice, to know that. Maybe you leave out the chaturangas or you leave out vinyasas in between postures or that you place your knees on the floor so that you can save some of the energy that you will need later in the day. Or if you have noticed in in the past months that um, things that require a great amount of mental concentration that if you're physically tired, really tired after your practice and you need more recovery time of your after your practice, that probably on a day where you need uh, to be awake and alert early in the morning, let's say if you have a morning practice, um, that 
it's wise to not do a practice or to adjust your practice so that you're not needing such a long recovery time afterwards so that you are energized and awake. I mean, it's okay to do a minimal practice, to get onto your mat and just do sun salutations and in the case of Ashtanga, the closing three postures. Or it's okay to just do go out for a 15-minute run or easy jog as opposed to doing your hour or an hour and 45 minute whatever like half marathon through the city yeah um that you can adjust that we need to learn we need to learn how to adjust and modify our practice so that it does nourish us yeah and i think it's also be willing yeah not just learn but also be willing be okay with 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 having that uh, flexibility. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we see it all the time with students that they are just so hard on themselves. Yeah. And it's like, and I've heard this before, well, if I do it, I want to do it 100%. Well, then you're not going to keep it up your whole life. But also this whole idea of if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it 100%. But you can also do it 100% in a modified way. Yeah. You know? And yeah. of course, we're, we were talking about doing it 70 to 75%. <laughs> Which, but in this, in but the idea of having the commitment and your concentrated effort, let's say your concentration and your focus is 100%. But yeah, you just tapped into something very interesting because what is 100%? Yeah. That's the thing. I think sometimes people think 100% is like, it has to feel really hard. Yeah. It has to feel like really strong. Yeah. But 100% can also mean pure connection for the whole 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Can be beautiful, even amazing, nourishing breaths. Yeah. It could be, I don't know, five minutes or just feeling connected yeah. to a higher source. Yeah. So what is the 100%? Who's got this barometer of 100%? Yeah. And the 100% is not the physical effort that you're putting into it. The I'm going to burn out all of the uh, glucose reserves that I have in my body. <laughs> I'm going to build shovels of lactic acid. <laughs> Just because it feels really mm. like I did something. Yeah. But suddenly, in this part of the world, we have this mentality, right? Yeah. No pain, no gain. Yeah. Or if I'm not completely drenched after my workout or my yoga practice, then I'm not doing it right. Having said that, I sweat all the time, <laughs> even if I don't try. <laughs> but yes. But yeah, we tend to get really obsessive about this so. Like, oh, I need to do it. Uh, yeah, using these external barometers of, like, whether you're doing something well or not. Or, uh, yeah, no pain, no gain. I, I don't feel my muscles burning, so I must not yeah. be doing... Yeah, I don't feel... Uh, for example, with, with, with stretching, I don't feel anything happening. Well, maybe that's a good thing. That <laughs> yeah. means that you are supporting yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, and it's also hard to transmit it to these to others because for everybody's different. But it's yeah. it's having that open dialogue with yeah. yourself. So it's like having using developing a, a sustainable practice is um, doing your practice at like seventy to seventy five percent of the physical maximal effort, but really a hundred percent commitment and focus and absorption in what you're doing and then it doesn't matter how you change the practice because you know i would say look 70 to 75 percent of your maximum but some days you'll have to do 40 percent of your maximum effort or 50 <laughs> or five percent or five percent yeah <laughs> but that you should still be at a hundred percent of your focus at least you're working towards 100% of absorption in what you were doing. So, and being present, being aware of what you're doing, having it as a time to connect to yourself and uh, everything that you're feeling. That's 100%. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you put your knees on the floor every time you take chaturanga, you skip the chaturangas, or yeah. you shorten your practice to 
accommodate your needs for the day? I mean, it's it's one hundred percent because you made the choice to show up for yourself. Yeah, that's it. Everything else is kind of momentary. Yeah, it comes and goes. Sadly, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some years are amazing. Other years is like, please, can I apply for a new body? <laughs> yeah. And I think talking about this as well is very important. Also, to remind ourselves to be a little bit lighthearted about it. Yeah. Because uh, we can be so like linear about it well if yesterday I did this then today it should feel the same or 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 in a week I should be there yeah no expectations yeah drop them all right away I think also on that same that same line is we should be light-hearted about it in the sense right our, our yoga practice if we're talking about yoga or meditation practice and this can be the same for running too for a lot of people it is a moment of meditation mm-hmm. of clearing your head coming into like full feeling of the body and uh, um, that I lost my train of thought again um, what were you saying? lightheartedness yeah lightheartedness that we can think of our practice whatever the practice is as um, some kind of profound spiritual practice it is it can be a very profound spiritual practice but that it shouldn't be so heavy that it shouldn't be that also in that aspect of our practice whatever it is that um we should also be able to maintain lightheartedness when we are looking at ourselves uh even though sometimes we'll go through periods of looking at ourselves when it's really difficult but uh um yeah to have a lighthearted approach in in also the the self-inquiry aspect of our practice uh, so I think that not, not just the physical the physicality I don't think that's what you were saying anyways but but also just to touch upon that that this practice which we can see as so profound and life transforming and uh, really as a spiritual practice or a path to um, ultimate awareness that sometimes we can put so much weight into yeah. it that it becomes heavy. So that there should be lightness in that as well. Yeah, also joy. Yeah. Lightness, joy. And, and of course, you know, there are going to be moments of struggle and, and sometimes of transitioning letting things go whatever it is which you know they can feel a little bit heavy but overall yeah we want to keep that that lightness yeah and also it's fun to laugh at yourself sometimes yeah (laughs) i mean uh, at the end of the day we do it because it makes us happy whatever it is yeah so you want to keep that going yeah that good stuff I think too sometimes if we're if we are practicing for a long time then we can also get to a place where um or maybe if we haven't been practicing so long that and in, if we're in a dip that we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel but then we know that uh, if we keep on working if we keep practicing if we keep maintaining the practice and maybe adjust where we need that we do come out of that dip and just like anything there's a cycle right we cycle up and down and um that often we do have to work through the challenge or, or through the dark time and or the heavy time and then it becomes light the again forces exactly <laughs> But I think sometimes sometimes these are things that we don't see until we've been practicing for long enough that we've experienced the cycle of our practice. Like you the full cycle of all the all different the moments. weird shit that happens, yeah. whether it's to your body or to your mind or whatever, your energy. Yeah, that... Uh, yeah, I think that's why cultivating consistency is important because... Um, sometimes you hear people saying like, oh, I'm, I don't feel like it today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you keep showing up for yourself, even yeah. if maybe today doesn't feel like the perfect yoga day. Yeah. 
because it's it's like brushing your teeth, right? You don't brush them only when your teeth are dirty. <laughs> you brush them every day. Yeah. Also, maybe some days when they're you may have I don't know parsley between your teeth, but yeah. uh, it's more like a maintaining thing than yeah something that is trying to get an outcome out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think some people find it really well not easy but maybe natural to commit to something and and to really stick to it. I think other people not so easy. Yeah. So uh for those people that maybe find it a little bit challenging to stick to whatever discipline it is. Yeah, some good things is definitely community. So maybe yeah. even going to practice with a friend. Yeah. Or maybe practice with a friend. Um, choosing a studio or a teacher or a couple of teachers. Yeah. Uh, that you kind of believe relationships. So you know that when you don't go, they will notice they, yeah. that you're not there. Yeah. Because there's also that accountability. Yeah. Or maybe even telling someone who you really, who is a close friend, like, I'm going to do this. And then yeah. your friend can ask you like, huh? So how is that going? Yeah. So then having a little bit of, yeah, community, accountability yeah. can be very helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, having a body of, uh, like the body, using a body system kind of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That makes, I mean, even with us, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm so glad when we practice together because yeah. it's like this energy supporting each other. Yeah. Uh, when I practice by myself, I mean, I still really love it because there's that, sense of solitude but uh me personally I always find it more challenging yeah yeah definitely. and of course if you go to a studio well the energy is there and everybody carries each other yeah uh, so which sometimes can also be counteractive yeah, a little definitely. bit because then you just go 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 so yeah. again it's finding that sweet balance yeah so now in the time of zoom yoga i mean i think it also helps for a lot of our students that they even though they're practicing alone at home, that they have, they can turn on. I know for the Mysore students that they turn on, and there we are supporting them. And but they know that they, the eye yeah. is watching. They do. They know. <laughs> well, they they hear that the eye is watching. Like exactly. And <laughs> it's also you know seeing the other people on the screen yeah. uh, when you tune in. That that I think that's very important. Yeah. Especially nowadays, okay, it might be a screen, but still, you know, it that still is there, and the vibe is there, yeah. Yeah. What else would you say, Mercedes, that's important? Are we uh, missing anything? No, I think we kind of went through everything. Well, having said that, I think another important thing, this is especially in the beginning, well, we kind of touched upon it, but commit to certain days and times and yeah. try to stick to them if your schedule allows it of course if you're like I don't know a fireman is different yeah. um, but don't wait to see when you have a free moment in your schedule yeah book the time yeah so if you work with the calendar just book that hour yeah and even if you're part of a Mysore program and, and, and one day you only have half an hour then go to the studio and practice for half an hour there's yeah. nothing wrong with that it's yeah it's life yeah uh so we're trying to practice in this life not in some crazy virtual reality or to try and smush ourselves into it's like trying to put a a square peg in a round hole like that or maybe what <laughs> yes. is it the round peg in a square whatever you know it doesn't doesn't fit <laughs> no it won't fit, <laughs> it won't fit. Uh, so we shouldn't have to cut off our nose to spite our face right the whole saying I, th I think that's the appropriate use of that saying but we don't need to wait what is the saying to cut off, cut off your nose to spite your face oh like, okay uh, yeah never heard that say yeah to do something to force yourself into something that doesn't fit yeah that doesn't fit that is not natural perhaps that's not the proper use of that uh, saying uh, another nice little trick especially if you are working with the studio of a teacher is also to 
book yourself in beforehand. Yes. So don't be like, oh, I'll see when, how I wake up tomorrow and I check it out. No, book the night before or at the beginning of the week and then stick to that. Because let me tell you a secret, guys. We, at least us, <laughs> we always notice who signed up yeah. and then who canceled and yeah. so and so. So I think that's also a nice little trick just to be... Uh, yeah, to kind of help you to build that consistency. Definitely. And um, yeah, remember that your friends are there, your colleagues are there waiting for you at the studio as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, if I don't go, so and so is going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be on my spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just like building a practice is, right, like we said in the beginning, it's something that you should do for yourself. It is time for yourself. Time that you should, like you were talking about Mercedes, time that you should schedule into your day, not wait until you have a free moment because then often it will not come that you practice or do whatever it is that you feel like you need to do. You'll just talk about it a lot, about like, oh, I need to really need to do that. <laughs> just schedule the time and schedule it in a way that like is... Um, uh, in a digestible chunk, you know, start, start small and then uh, make your way from there. And that just like making the commitment to yourself is making a commitment to yourself. It's time for you that this is self care and that it's really important. Uh, and the things that are going to help maintain this practice, whatever ritual, or if you want to call it a habit that you want to start, that there are other things in your life that you need in order to support that, like eating well, sleeping well, and taking care of yourself in other aspects of your life. If you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. If you have an injury or an illness, and uh, right, it's really important that your ability to maintain some kind of practice is not only going to make you healthier, but your health in general is going to determine if your practice that you have is also sustainable so it works in a cycle they're very yeah, linked it's like together. everything is connected so make sure that you are taking care of yourself not only with your practice but also outside of that for example yeah getting to bed on time um, yeah sounds like something very simple but uh, this is definitely very important uh, having hygiene rituals like taking a shower every day and using that also as time to yeah it's time for you um getting your i don't know uh, if you're feeling tired or that you take rest that you make sure you're resting you're balanced in your day of how much you're being active and how much you're resting to eat well make sure that you're nourishing your body with good food and you're getting all of the vitamins and minerals that you need um, yeah you just tapped into something and it came to me because very often we tend to feel a little bit selfish if we take this time out of our lives to look after ourselves but it is so important because yeah. if you are well and healthy and and well balanced and all that good stuff, then you can support the people around you yeah. and you can yeah, serve your community, your families, your work colleagues, whatever, even better. Yeah. So often especially moms I think sometimes they really struggle with coming to the studio. They're like, Oh, I feel guilty because you yeah. know, my kids need me. But they need the best version of yourself. Yeah. You know, they need their mom or dad or whatever to be happy and present. Yeah. So uh, that hour or that half an hour uh, actually goes a lot longer than just for yourself. Yeah. It ripples out to everybody around you. So sometimes also just reminding yourself of that, especially if you run a busy household. Yeah, that's really can be important. very useful. That's a very good point to make. Okay, so we'll be watching. <laughs> <laughs>
We'll be watching you peel your onion. <laughs> we'll be watching you peeling your onion, yes. And as always, if you have questions or comments, yeah, if you need to see my cats. <laughs> oh my God, these cats are amazing. Oh, they know how to practice sleeping really well and being They're cute. They're very good at being cute. Oh, I call them the dreaming. caramel cats. Beautiful. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. Uh, be well. Keep up your practice. Be happy. And uh, you'll hear from us soon. You sure will. <laughs> Bye. Bye.